Hey, you scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to Records of the Republic, a podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars, from canon to the EU to Legends content and more. We are your hosts, Wade and Kevin, and we're going to make the jump to light speed as we try to tackle today's topic of conversation with you. Strap yourself in, and don't get cocky, as we embark on this journey together into the Star Wars universe. Hey guys, welcome back to Records of the Republic. As always, my name is Wade, and I am one half of Records of the Republic. With me today, I have the other half, my other half, Kevin. The better looking half. Hey, everybody. That's right. <laughs> you uh, can't seem to keep yourself from saying that, can you? Well, you're going to tee it up for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit it. All right. Well, I guess that's fair. We have had a an interesting week, to say the least. Um, as some of you may have seen on Twitter, uh, we tried recording Thursday night, as normal, for our normal schedule. And we were having so many issues technologically with our platform, our, our uh, software that we're using. Just absolute nightmare. So... We are asking for recommendations for those of you who listen that host podcasts or have hosted podcasts. Um, reach out to us and let us know what you prefer because we need to find something else other than what we're using. And I'm not going to say the name. I think I've said it before, but I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to throw the company. You know, it could be something we're doing, so I don't want to like drag their name through the mud. But I don't think it's something we're doing. I think it's just some pretty bad software. <laughs> so give us some recommendations on what we might be able to use to record and edit our software or our podcast i should say kevin how was your week my week was really good um no food poisoning you know this time That's so healthy healthy home um honestly i don't remember what i what i had going on that i talked about the other three times we tried this so <laughs> Uh, I did do something cool yesterday that I think many of our listeners might enjoy. So uh, I went to I went down to Boston with my friend, and we went to this place called Balance Patch, which is a internet cafe. And huh. I did not really know what an internet cafe was. It was really cool. Basically, it's this place where you go, and they have a bunch of gaming PCs, and they have consoles. They do tournaments there, all sorts of things. And you go in, you decide what you want to do. If you want to do PC, you sign, you know, you pay for that, rent it out for a little bit of time. If you want to do console, same deal. Um, but they had this couch area with a bunch of consoles and a, a big TV, and we we just decided to do that. It was like forty bucks for three hours. We could play whatever we wanted to play, and it was That's really cool. Bad. Yeah, we we played the Nintendo Switch for a lot of the time, but. Um, I was intrigued. I, I want to try to go back because for the uh, N64, they had a few old Star Wars games. Like one of them was Rogue Squadron, which I know oh, you, yeah. yeah, you're a big fan of that game. So it'd be cool to go back and play that. Um, it was cool. I, it was a cool experience, and I'd love to go back. I'd love to see what other options there are too that are might be a little bit sure. closer to me than Boston, because um, we had to make a whole day out of it, which is was cool. So it's like a 
It's like a modern day arcade. Kind of, yeah. Because they still have that arcades. Sounds... Well, yeah, I guess that's true. But you know, like for I guess for adults, it's yeah, a, it's an arcade for older kids and kids at heart. Yeah, and they host like esports events games. there too. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I'd be down to check that out. And then we went to. I've always wanted to try Dave's Hot Chicken. And we went there afterwards because there was one nearby, and that was an experience, and I recommend it. It was very good. Um, you don't Are have they a chain, or yeah, yeah, they have them all over, and um, you don't have to get the spicy one. They have mild or uh, no spice at all. But the the chicken was really good, and it passed. Yeah, but how? Go ahead. How are you gonna go to a a place called Dave's Hot Chicken and not get any spice in it? Well, you're asking me to rationalize something that I can't relate to, so I don't know. We went in there, and you, I got the, the two-slider meal, and the levels that I chose were hot and extra hot. And then there's one above that called Reaper. You don't have to sign a waiver for it. And yeah, I, ended I wouldn't up, do that one. I did it. I, I ended up trying it with my buddy. We got a single tender and split uh. it. Um, <laughs> and it was spicy. It The jump from extra hot to Reaper was very big. But... It wasn't the hottest thing I've ever had, too, so it was, it was yeah, good. Yeah, but I, I feel like if you've got to sign a waiver to eat chicken, at that point, I've just lost interest in it. It wasn't you know, a I real waiver. Like, if I read it and it was like, don't operate heavy machinery, you know, that that sort of thing. Like it, <laughs> okay. I did, they, I did have to sign it, but you just have to read a couple sentences to realize that it's just for show. Okay, so you could sue them if you had, like, a heart attack or something. Well, I'm I'm sure that I couldn't. Like, I'm sure it was a real waiver, but I think it was like, a, it was meant to be a bit dramatic, because it was okay. it was spicy, but like, I could talk, <laughs> you know. I, I get what you're saying. It wasn't. Did they that give bad. you like a glass of milk if you no. needed? Like, do they have milk on hand? Because no. I feel like a place like that, if they're gonna make you sign a waiver, they need to have like just emergency gallons of milk in the back for you. No, I had some pink lemonade. Stuff's gross. Well, nothing but the dew, man. Nothing but the dew. I don't. I don't like Mountain Dew very much. That's all right. It's not good for you. You shouldn't. You shouldn't drink it. But anyways, <laughs> that's what my wife keeps saying. She's correct. <laughs> but anyways, we watched. I also this past week I watched Attack of the Clones with Zach. Um, mm. I, as everybody knows, I've been reading through Brotherhood, which kind of. It takes place between episode two and three, but I would say that it's probably closer to two than three. Um, so it had me think like in that era, like the cover is long haired Obi-Wan with short haired Anakin. So right. I was I was in that zone. And um, well, the best thing to think of, it's like it's right in between Attack of the Clones and the animated Clone Wars. Yeah. Show. That's the best way to look at it. Is it's literally right. I mean, works you right it into ends it. Ends almost right after Attack of the Clones, and then by the end of the book, it's working you right into the Clone Wars have truly begun. Yeah. So I guess I'll I'll go into the book. I finished it. So, um, I if I had to go if I had to rate it on a five star, I would put it at a four point two and Mm. 
I am going a bit lower because the big battle to me was a bit short. I, I hoped I had hoped it was a little bit longer and um, it was written cool and I was invested in it. I just I felt like it was short. Yeah, but it, it wasn't about the, the fighting, Kevin. Yeah, but it it that had was a small portion. It had been building Obi-Wan, up to it though. Like you knew Obi-Wan that that fight Kenobi. was coming. Obi-Wan Kenobi is the master negotiator. Like, that's his whole persona. He doesn't want to fight. He wasn't fighting. It was it was somebody else fighting somebody else. No, I get it. But I'm just saying, like, we're focusing on Obi-Wan and, and Anakin. I don't, I don't care if we get too much fighting. I'm not asking for too much. I just wanted the one fight to be a little bit. You're just saying it wasn't, not, it wasn't quite enough. Right. I, I wanted a little bit more out of it. All right, well. It was cool, though. It, giving... it, it did a good job of... The whole book really did a great job of putting you inside Anakin's head and seeing the progression um, of yeah, start to finish. Absolutely. Like, even even at the end... Like, this one's really not a spoiler, so I'm going to say it. Part of One of the, like, C-plots or C-arcs in the book was Anakin's mechanical hand, right? Because he had just gotten yes. that... And yep. he, you watched in the book, or you read in the book, or listened to how he started off trying to get used to it, and like it was just a split second behind his reactions. It wasn't as quick as he had hoped it would be, but by the end of the book, you see him finally getting it, and he he's right. in tune with the hand. And it's kind of a weird thing to say out loud, like as a cool plot line, like oh he he gets used to his hand. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it, it was cool. You know, you really yeah, you knew. Gotta, you got to be careful how you say that, Kevin. <laughs> it was on purpose, buddy. <laughs> um, but even it, – it really speaks to how well-written the book was that a, a plot like – or a storyline like that is interesting. Right. Because you can understand the, the bigger picture that it's trying to communicate, which is Anakin isn't a Padawan anymore. He's a knight. He still has work to do, but you see the changes. And it's – that's a very – constant theme throughout the book that i enjoyed um right but yeah it, well i think I thought it was fantastic i think chen does a very good job of giving us an inside picture into the the thought process that anakin and obi-wan have sure. as they're i mean i really really appreciated that because you don't get any of that internal monologue with the movies exactly. or tv shows majority of the time now sometimes you might get some kind of internal struggle or what's going on. But for the most part, you're just seeing what's on the outside. And that's one of the things I like about books is they can give you kind of that perspective of how their thought process. And I feel like he did an excellent job with both of those characters. Um, everything that we've seen in the movies and the TV shows on the outside seemed to be pretty well reflected with his writing as to how they thought about it. I mean, he did a very good job of just mirroring everything that we see um with what yep. he wrote in the book totally so agree. i would i would probably put it ironically as much as a fan of as i am of the book i wouldn't give it a full five stars i'd give it no. like a, a 4.7 or 4.8 because it's still very high in my opinion so what would but, it take to get five stars for you like what is a what have you read a five star book yes what I is have. it rogue squadron okay the at least and i would 
I would have to go back and reread them to make sure I think this is a true statement, but I would say the first four books, the only four that I've actually read out of the X-Wing series, all by Mike Stackpole, um, I would put probably all four of them at a five-star rating. See, I don't know that I would give a book a five-star. I'm one of those hardos that if it's a five-star, it means that it can't can't be better um but so like a 4.2 i think is a, a solid score for my oh, wait, uh, rubric any, you know how uh you know how we used to look at reviews at the hotels anything over four was good yeah or over eight you know like yeah. that's that's a good review i'm happy with it so i want to share but... my favorite line from the book um go for it this is a spoil a bit of a spoiler uh it I will give you a hint. It Basically, one of my predictions was true. It wasn't a very bold prediction. I think anybody with a brain could have known that this was the direction that the book was going. Um, but if you if you want to read the book and you don't want to have any sort of spoiler, just fast forward like a minute or two um, and, and skip this part. But I want to share it because it got an audible laugh from me and it made me genuinely happy. So towards the end of the book, Anakin and Obi-Wan are talking. And like I've talked about before, this book is inspired by a very quick line from Obi-Wan from Revenge of the Sith, where Anakin's about to go talk to, um, I think, the Senate. And <laughs> Yeah, it's the politicians. Yeah, and he's just saying that business on Cato Nemoidia, it doesn't count. And I've always loved that. I always thought that was funny, just because of the delivery. You can tell Obi-Wan's like, he's trying to make a joke out of it. Right. Uh, so that's what this book is inspired by. And there's a line in the book towards the end, like I said, where Anakin is basically tallying up all the times he's had to save Obi-Wan. And <laughs> right. and Obi-Wan goes, well, you came in in the middle of my plan, so this doesn't count. And I, I thought that was funny because he's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to take credit for this. I had a plan. I was in the middle of it. I was going to get out of here. I didn't need you. You didn't rescue me. Um, so it's just... Little little details like that that call back to things that we already know is something that I liked throughout the book. It helped me picture things and, and understand what was going on, and that was sort of my favorite one because it, it made me laugh. Well, yeah, the tie-ins between the the book and the live-action movies and the animated TV shows are just phenomenal throughout the book. Yeah. So Yeah, I would agree. Definitely, I, I'm going to continue harping on this and plugging this book if you guys have not purchased brotherhood go do it it is well worth the money i think it's a fantastic book it's enjoyable and it's one of those that i really do think just about every star wars fan out there if they enjoy books would enjoy even if you don't enjoy books you know go buy the audiobook it's about the same price and it's well worth it agreed has the records of the republic stamp of approval that's right uh, we we should get we should get some of those. Yeah, we should. That would be kind of cool. Just create get like some a logo or, or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. The the next thing that I'm going to read, Wade, you know this because you are the one who bought it for me, but I have Master and Apprentice on the way, which you might remember Wade talking about it, but it's it's very I'm just going to I'm not going I don't know any details other than that it's about Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Uh, so I'm really excited to read that. I'll report back as I go through it, but for now, that's a, I think that's enough about me. I've spent quite a bit of time talking about what I've been up to. So, Wade, what have you been up to? Not much, man. couple of things. Uh, this past week, 
I finished Kenobi on Monday. I started and finished Dooku Jedi Lost on Tuesday. And then started the Star Wars uh, Jedi Battle Scars book on Tuesday evening. Finished it Thursday. And uh, that one... That one was a little harder. Uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, I would probably give about a 4.2 or 4.3, somewhere right around that. Um, Fantastic book. I mean, I thought it was very well done. The only thing I didn't like is while some of the voice acting was very good, Dooku's voice didn't sound like Dooku. Um, And that one, that kind of bothered me a little bit. But everything else about the book, I mean, story-wise, the book was great. It was fantastic getting to see Dooku as a youngling and then as a padawan and then you know so on and so forth up into being a jedi uh master and so it was really 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 fascinating um and ties in really well with some of the things that we've seen um in like tales of the jedi and stuff like that you know his his disagreements with the jedi order and what they have become and the corruption in the senate we see a lot of that uh especially later on in the book. Um, so fantastic book. Well worth the money. Battle Scars, on the other hand, um, I gave it about a two-star, two out of five. Um, and I think that was a little generous. Maybe 2.1. I'll, I'll give them a little bit more. But it was, it was not a great not a great book. Um, there were moments in the book where I was interested in what was going on. Um, but for the most part, it really didn't follow the story of Cal all that much. And to me, like, the whole... If I'm going to read a book that's supposed to be in between Fallen Order and Survivor about the Mantis crew, I would expect it to mostly be about Cal, since that is the only playable character, at least to date, that we have. You know, you've got some supplemental characters that are pretty cool um like i love grease grease is fantastic and i will say the voice acting and um the writing for grease's character in this book was pretty good it was pretty spot on you know we didn't get too much too little i think it was just enough but we really got a lot more of marin and a lot less of cal and to me that was just there wasn't any any enticement there like i want to know what's going on with cal as he's, you know, trying to figure out where they stand in in the new empire and trying to take it down. And, you know, there were some good discourse moments between the crew where they all kind of have different goals, and their individual goals can mean, you know, them taking on missions that can kind of help each other. Like, you know, one person wants to reestablish the Jedi Order, another person wants to take down the Empire entirely, and then another person just wants to, you know, survive with the crew in hand. So there are certain things that, you know, they come to realization with each other of, you know, we may not have individual goals that all line up, but some of the things we do together as a team kind of help us reach those goals, and then at the end, at some point, they kind of narrow in on kind of a unified goal you know so there i mean there was some good stuff in there i will say like there there were some enjoyable moments but it, it really felt like it was a fanfic more than it was a, a real true fantastic product of 
Star Wars. You know, and that's yeah. that's not to knock on people who write fan fiction. Like, I I think fan fiction is great as a whole because it's always exploring different options or character development, and you know, it, it always, if nothing else, it poses more questions. Um, so and it gives people this creative realm to to write and explore writing styles, you know, whatever. So there's a lot of benefit in fan fiction. I'm not knocking that at all. But when you take it and then you publish it as an actual Star Wars book and it feels more like a Reddit thread fan fiction <laughs> than it does an actual book, it's you know, brutal. it's kind of a, it, it's, yeah, it's, it was a little rough, like getting through it. And it's not, you know, there were certain relationship aspects of the book that I was just kind of like, eh, that's not really for me it's not really doing anything like it doesn't drive the story forward it doesn't really it really had nothing to do with the story at all and so you know i just i don't know and i I know this book yeah it's not for me um i've said this before and i'll say it again star wars is there for everyone and there is a piece of star wars somewhere whether it's in writing or animation or live action whatever comic books there's a piece of Star Wars out there for every person to kind of fit their little niche and whatever, you know, they really enjoy. And so I can totally see this book fitting in those in, in certain places for people. And so that's why, you know, I'm the kind of guy like I never read reviews before I, I read a book. Um, and I never read the reviews before I write my own review. That's just something I don't sure. do. But by the time I got through, like, chapter six or seven, you know, it was kind of still early in the book. I went, man, I can't be the only one who's feeling this way. And so I went and looked at all the reviews because I'm like, I'm just interested to see what other people are saying. And at the time that I looked at it, now it may have changed since then, but at the time I looked, there was only one five-star review out of, like, 35 reviews. The others were all, like, one-star reviews, and they were all saying similar things. You know, and it was just so I, I made the decision I'm not going to actually give the book a review um, just because I don't feel like that's fair. I like to write my reviews without having any input from other people. You know, I just want it to be genuinely my reaction. That's fair. And so when I see a lot of, and then on top of that, there are already plenty of people out here saying this book was not a good book. I don't want to put that negativity out there and like tear down, you know, because somewhere and someone, someone out there has taken the time to sit down and write this book that they think is, you know, probably a great book, and, you know, they put their time and heart and energy into it, and that's fantastic, and to some extent, you know, I still hope that they're successful and that it works out for them, and you know, if they decide to tweak stuff in the future as they try writing, that's great. If they don't more power to them stick to your guns you know but i just didn't want to be that one of those guys that's just adding on to tearing down and so my my opinion is i'll share it here this one episode and i'll probably never talk about it again unless something comes up you know when we're you know survivors coming out in a month we're going to be playing that game there are some things in survivor that you're going to see and go huh i don't remember that happening in fallen order and it's because it happened in Battle Scars. So, you know, there may be times where we bring the book back up for reference, 
but I'm not going to sit here and harp on it and, you know, constantly for, you know, five, six episodes just rant about what a crappy book it is. Like, that's just not my thing. I know there are channels out there. I won't call them out. I know there are channels out there that do that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe when they're low on views, they pull out the old sequel trilogy hat trick, you know. But I, I just, that's not for me. So this is my one rant done. It's it's a decent book. It's not a great book, and I'll never touch it again. But I hope there are people out there that really did enjoy it. And I would love to hear from you guys. You know, if you've read the book already and you're like, man, I thought this was the best Star Wars book ever. That's totally cool. Let me know why. Maybe you've got a different perspective on it that I don't have. You know, we've all got so many different, you know, life experiences that kind of lead up to where we are in our current place in life. And so if you've got a different perspective on it, share it. I am totally happy to hear what you have to say. And if nothing else, I will sit there and smile and tell you I am happy that this book made you happy. And that, that is genuine, 100%. I am happy that this book uh, will make someone else out there ha a happy reader. So that's kind of my week in summary. Um, so I've got an idea that out of out of all this. But first, what's your what was your rating of Kenobi? Mm, that's a good question. Kenobi, I would probably put Kenobi's hard. Okay. If I had read it before seeing the show I probably would have rated it maybe a little higher I don't know probably about the same I'd say it's about a solid four okay it's Fair. a great I think it's a great book it's very different from the Kenobi we see in the show um so from that you know and it kind of to be honest with you the more I start reading the EU the more I kind of feel sympathy or empathy for those who grew up with totally. the EU being their sequel trilogy, essentially, because I see all this work and storyline that's been going into the EU and how awesome it was. And then to see, oh no, not only did they not reference anything in these books, they just completely crapped on them and made their own thing and said, no, this stuff doesn't even exist. None of it does. So I, I gotta say, I, I do sympathize a little bit. I get why Disney did what they did. I don't think it was a wise decision. I think they've learned from it, and we'll talk a little bit about that in, uh, a little bit later here. But, yeah, I mean, I would say Kenobi was a solid four. Okay. It was a, it was a pretty decent book. So the idea that I have is um, I want to I want to track this stuff, you know, so that if anybody's ever curious, they can look at what we thought of, of certain books because it doesn't seem like that's oh, yeah. going away. We're going to be we're gonna be reading a lot of books. So We're going to be reading books forever. Yeah, I think what I I'll do – is get a Google Doc created or something and have it posted to our socials as view only, you know, so that we don't have any Right, no one can go in and edit it. Yeah, <laughs> so I think I might get that set up. I think that would be a cool thing to do. Hey, I'm totally down because with all the books I've read, that means I'll have to go back and reread each book that I've read now to give some of them rankings because I've only just started giving them rankings. Yeah, well, so. you could do that if you wanted to, but you don't have to. I will. I will. For our viewers, for our listeners out there, I will uh, Aww. I will do that just for you guys. So nice. Put myself through that. Although I won't do it with Battle Scars. Battle Scars stays permanent. Well, you already reviewed that, that one. one. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So I don't have to. I dodged a bullet. 
a make-believe bullet of my own creation. Excellent. <laughs> but, yeah, and then Penny, you know, I bought the Xbox a little bit ago, um, and when they were having that sale on a bunch of the old games, like the original Star Wars Lego games and Star Wars Battlefronts and Republic Commando and everything, I went and bought most of them and put them on my Xbox. And now, of course, I'm in the position where I've got to get more storage. I've got to get an external, sto- or an external storage um, attached because Jedi Survivor, when I download it, is going to take up more storage than I have available. So I kind of shot myself in the foot there. But Penny and I, last night, I took her out because uh, Friday was her birthday. So yesterday, I told her we'd go out shopping wherever she wanted to go and just hit up all the stores she wanted to check out, stuff like that. So we did that. And on our way home, I was like, I'm going to ask you one one favor. When we get home, will you play some Star Wars Legos with me? And not like with little toy Legos. I'm talking about like Star War- Lego Star Wars, the complete saga video game, the original nice. one. And she was like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. So we put Jean to bed, we got situated with dinner and everything, and then we got on and started playing. And I think she's had a lot of fun with it. Like, she didn't realize she could create her own character and customize it and stuff like that. And So we played a little bit this afternoon, and I think when we're done recording and we get this posted, we're going to go play some more. So I've been really, really stoked about that, because I haven't had anyone to play Star Wars Legos with me in a long time. So... I keep saying Star Wars Lego. I think it's called Lego Star Wars. It is. But it, it sounds a lot better when you say Lego Star Wars. <laughs> but she uh, she's really been enjoying it. So I'm going to try and introduce her to the original Battlefronts. As, uh, oh, I take that back. She did play a little bit of Battlefront 2 with me last night as well. She got to play. And she was actually kicking some butt. Um, she was adamant that she played on the opposite team of me um, for the sake of having the chance to shoot me down, um, yeah. <laughs> which was pretty fun. And uh, she got to play as the Jedi or hero villain character a couple of times, which was pretty cool. Um, I got to play as Kit Fisto for the first time in my life, which was interesting to see, um, because like I said before, they didn't have that on PlayStation 2. So, And she played as a Saj Ventress. So it was, it was pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah, so we've been having some fun playing some of the, I guess, what, how do you define retro video games? Like what, what time? I would just call them pass? legacy. I would, okay, I would just legacy. call them legacy games, yeah. If it's not on That's the fair. current system. Because I was thinking about that the other day, you know, you've got like retro cars or historic vehicles that have to be a certain amount of time passed since they were made in order to be considered historic and get those yeah. You know, special tags. So I was wondering, like, what what time has to have passed in order for games to be considered retro? You know, like, by the time Gene is old enough to really play video games with me, I know he's going to look at the games I grew up with as retro, and then I'm still going to look at them as, like, wow, these were really groundbreaking for me. Like, these are just incredible. Because retro, to me, was like Mario Brothers on the Nintendo, right. you know, the original NES, and so, or SNES, I don't remember if it came out first on Nintendo, or I think it was the first Nintendo that we got Mario Brothers on, but I can't, I can't. Well, this, I mean, this conversation is really common with music, too, 
Like you turn on a classic rock station and you might hear something from the late 90s, early 2000s. Right. And you're like, uh, no, I was listening to this like yesterday. But if you think about it, popular. if you think about it, it's the same distance. We're the same distance from that, that when we were kids, what we were from like the, the 70s and 80s. Yep. That's true. Man, I'm just getting old. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> that's what it, I really, it, it really feels like that. Like we went out shopping yesterday and Penny was trying to pick out new tennis shoes and she was like, well, what about these ones? Do these ones look cute? And I'm like, babe, we're at an age where we got to stop worrying about Doesn't cute. matter. And we just got to find what's comfortable, you know, yeah. like I've got, you know, when I first found out we were having a kid, I bought jean shorts and new balance the white new balance tennis shoes and originally it was just because like hey i wanted to get that father picture you know because that's what you steer it. yeah the dad yeah that's exa- exactly right the dad starter pack <laughs> but then i started wearing the new balances a little more and the jean shorts and i'm like oh my gosh these are super comfortable yeah, they don't make them for so, no reason <laughs> i was like wow these are great tennis shoes where have these been all my life i don't want nike anymore i don't want under armor i don't care about any of that crap Give me the comfortable ones that won't hurt my feet at the end of the day. You have gone, you have come to the light. So I'm trying to slowly bring her over to the light. You know, she just turned 26. So she's like, yeah, but I I don't want to look old. I don't want to look like, I feel like I look like a mom. Because she did end up settling on some tennis shoes where she was like, I don't know if they're cute enough. And I said, but how do they feel? She switched into them right after we left the store. I mean, (laughs) and she was like, Oh, yeah, these feel so much better. And I said, that's the key. That's the ticket right there. They feel good. Yeah, but that's you could. all that matters. You could get some some stylish stuff for, like, date nights or whatever. Not tennis shoes. If you're going to do date night, you're going to do, like, you know, heels or Well, that's what I'm saying. You, or something like that's that. That's what I'm saying. You could still get those clothes and just wear the comfortable ones when it's time to wear comfortable clothes. Right. Well, that's what I told her. But she wanted specifically tennis shoes. And so I was like, if you're if these are going to be like for work and for like going to the gym and doing 5Ks and stuff like that, like, no, you want something that's going to be comfortable and practical, not, oh, this is stylish or this is the latest fad. You don't want any of that. Get that garbage out of here. Well, some people so, like it. Well, some people are silly. Wow. I'm all about. I'm all about practical. Where was where was this five minutes ago with, you know, there's enough Star Wars for everybody. And <laughs> if you like it, I'm happy for you. Kevin, we're talking tennis shoes yeah. now, man. We're talking about real life situations. I guess Records of the Republic does not value consistency. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was our week in a, in a full recap for the most part. Nothing Nothing too crazy, just some good and bad books and some shopping. We ended up, we were at Hobby Lobby. I posted on Twitter about this yesterday. We were at Hobby Lobby, and they had, you know, their spring clearance sale, whatever. You know, each season they do a sale. And uh, we were walking down one of the aisles, and they had some different Star Wars stuff. They had this really cool Kenobi mug that I found, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get that because that's dope. That's going to look great on my, I'm never going to use it. Do what? That's awesome. Yeah, dude, it was great. Like it was on sale, and it says Kenobi and has his little silhouette on it. One of our, one of the guys we follow on Twitter uh, just posted seeing it in the store, and I reached out to him. And I was like, "Yeah, I just bought that. It was on sale too. Like I'm, I'm not gonna pass up that. So it's sitting on my Kenobi shelves, and will probably never get used. But I'll have to great. go. I have one right down dude, the road. I wonder if they'll have it. 
Uh, I bet you they do. They've got a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff. That's where we ended up getting. She was walking down the aisle and she looked at me and she said, "You know, we need some salt and pe- pepper shakers." And I was like, "Do we?" And she said, "Yeah, we don't have any." And then she pulled over the ones I've had these on my wish list for like a couple of years now, and we never get them because they're like forty or fifty dollar salt and pepper shakers usually, and I'm not going to spend that much on them. But they were on sale at Hobby Lobby for like 20-something bucks. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'm going to spend that much on them. Nice. So now I just got to get some batteries to put in them. They're electronic and everything, so they turn on, make my life really easy, and drives my mom nuts. So it's like (laughs) two birds, one stone. Very cool. You know? So, But, yeah, we got a lot of Star Wars stuff yesterday. I joked with her. I was like, you know, this is a really great birthday gift, babe. You know, I need to take you out shopping for your birthday more often. Uh. She's She picked out a bunch of stuff, and she's like, yeah, this will work. Yeah, we can get that. I was like, all right, cool. So, happy birthday, babe. <sighs> so, that was our week. Sounds fun. Nothing, nothing crazy. We had some other th- news come out recently. Uh, Bob Iger made yep. some statements that I believe you wanted to cover, Kevin. Yeah, they made me pretty happy. Um, mostly happy. So obviously, you know, Iger has taken back over and he is looking to make some changes. It's no, I mean, he said weeks ago or months ago at this point that they're going to stop putting out so much content on Disney plus, and they're going to focus more on their franchises like star Wars, Indiana Jones, Marvel, all that stuff. Um, they're the real money makers, which I think is a, is a good move. You know, I feel like I, I sign on to Disney Plus every week and there's something new that I don't care about. I've never heard of it. I don't know what it is. Like, that's not what I'm going to Disney for. If I'm going if I'm going to go on Disney Plus, I want to watch a classic movie. I'm going to want to watch Marvel or something. I know what I, I kind of have an idea of what I'm going for. I don't want brand new series and, and con- maybe some people do, but not me. Uh, I feel like I feel like Be I'm in the majority here. there. Well, I feel like I'm in the majority there because why would they need to adjust this if it was what most people wanted? Yeah, but some of the new stuff is fantastic. Sure. I mean, Jess and I watched the um, the National Treasure show, a couple episodes of that, and liked it. Um, no, I haven't watched that yet. It's cool. you know. It, but again, it's, it's not – I don't even know if we'll, we'll stick with it. It was a cool show. Right. But – that, that's what it's I'm not something about. that's drawing you, you know. If you're someone who doesn't have Disney Plus, that's not something that's going to draw you towards getting Disney Plus. Like some things are, are in my opinion, left better left as is. Like I think about sure. it this way: the National Treasure movies are great. The show was cool, but it's nothing crazy. I love the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Not interested in a, in a show about it. I'm good with right. the movies. Um, yeah, I get that. So they, they've made that stance pretty clear that that's the direction that they're going to go. But the, what was interesting was a couple of days ago, Iger was kind of talking about it again, the same, same sort of deal. And he had mentioned the, the sequel trilogy and love them or hate them. He said that they, he feels like they, they went too hard with it, which I don't agree with that. I don't think they went hard enough, but right. I'll take the admission that it wasn't done the best way. It wasn't what it should have been. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Um, you know, and they kind of pumped everything out pretty quickly. One of the biggest issues with with Solo had nothing to do with the movie, and it was that it was released so closely to the Last Jedi. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I agree with him there. They, they they did a bit too much. So he, he said that what they're going to do in the future is focus on quality over quantity, which, hey, I, I'm with it, right? I love having... Yeah. I love having Star Wars all the time, but if it means we get better Star Wars, right? I'm all about it, and I think that that's a good move, and it shows that they're listening, and that they're they're able to course correct, you know? Because for sure, some people love the sequels, and I think that we'll probably in ten years see the same sort of effect that the prequels had, um, maybe not as strong, because I, I truly do believe that the sequels had really bad storytelling and, and lacked planning where the prequels just had some things that people didn't like, but you know, overall it right. was, it was a complete story and it was planned out. There were just some decisions that George made that people didn't like. Um, sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, I felt like that was newsworthy and it, I think that it is encouraging for, for star Wars fans that we're going to get, we should plan to, to get some, some quality content. You know, I think we all expect some of the stuff to be good. Like, I think if people expected Kenobi to... I don't think there were a lot of surprises with Kenobi. It, no. People expected it to be what it was, love it or hate it. Um, Mando, you expect that to be great. And Ahsoka, I think everybody expects to be great. But, you know, things like Skeleton Crew, we hope are great. But, you know, we don't know. So maybe, maybe we can have a little bit more confidence now that we know that they understand where they've fallen short in the past and are going to correct it. Well, I think that's the thing with most Star Wars fans, or most fans of any fandom, you know, giving us a huge surplus, you know, more. Yeah, we're excited about it, but we want it to be good. We don't want it to just be, you know, whatever you can come up with in 90 days and then get it filmed and taken care of and make it look pretty. I don't need a movie every year. I don't need a Star Wars movie every year. You know, the old ones didn't come out every year. I don't need a new show every three months. I need something, maybe, each year, whether it's a show or a movie or some kind of news going on. But I'd rather have just one each year, show or movie, and have it be just utmost quality assurance rather than get three mediocre or poor shows or movies in the span of a couple years. You know, and I think that's where most Star Wars fans are. You know, I think there are two sides of the sequel trilogy coin. The, you've got, when we talked about it a little bit earlier, you've got a lot of fans who are upset with it just because of the storyline in general, not going in any of the directions that really the EU did for the most part. But then you've got the flip side of that of the storyline that they did go with was very poorly written. Yep. You know, and so that really, those two things kind of just collapsed on themselves. You know, it really killed them. And so, and Iger said something similar about Marvel. You know, he was like, I don't understand why we're getting three or four movies for every superhero out there. You know, we don't need that. You know, some some of the characters, you can kind of understand why they did two or three. But it's like, nowadays, every single superhero is getting their own spinoff show and t you know movie and whatever and they're getting like two or three sequels and it's like we don't we don't need that too much too much to follow it's oversaturated yep and they're dumbing everything down yeah the stories aren't as good they're not as enticing or sharp so yep yeah i i totally agree with him and i'm excited to see how he kind of reins everything in a bit executes it um yeah i'm 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 hopeful me too and granted 
I haven't really been dissatisfied. You know, like Rogue One and Solo were both very good in my opinion. I think they were great, and they're both Disney films. So we know Disney can do Star Wars well. Yep. And then not to mention the shows that we've gotten, for the most part, were either good to great to excellent. You know, I didn't have any shows that have come out that I really just flat out disliked. You know, so we know Disney can execute Star Wars. It's whether they're going to continue to do so in a, a quality mindset versus quantity. Yep, right there with you. So, so definitely encouraging. What do you think, Wade? You want to you want to do some Mando and Mando Bingo? Mm. Oh yeah. Sorry, I was taking a sip of my Mountain Dew there. Um. Yeah, dude, I got I got four of my squares marked off with this last episode. Nice. I was Which super one? super excited. Uh, Bo Katan wields the dark saber, and uh, we see a live action Mythosar. And I have a feeling next week's episode of Mando is going to help me cross off another answer of mine that I have up multiple times. So Well, congratulations we'll to you. But I'm <laughs> I'm just looking forward to whatever you're gonna get me, man. Like I'm just <laughs> I can't imagine what it's gonna be, but I'm super stoked. It's gonna be you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get one of those things where you stick your hand in it and put the goop in and it, it molds around it i'm gonna get you a nice thumbs up i thought it had to be star wars themed you're gonna write star wars on it yeah i'll write star wars on it <laughs> well i'll take it it'll it'll sit on my desk here as a trophy where i can rub it in your face just about every other day i'll send you a picture of me posing with it somewhere maybe i'll do a nice middle so that, finger instead there you go <laughs> that would probably be more fitting yeah kevin did you get any squares on the on the last episode you would ask me that um i would no i'm yeah. negative i'm negative I, one of mine got proved wrong and it's one that i used twice i pre Ooh. i had predicted that the <laughs> empire had already destroyed the the living waters and that din was not going to oh. be able to be redeemed Yikes. Um, so i'm negative that's rough. Man. Yeah, I, I don't have high hopes for this. I think that um, the free space might be the best I do. Well, I hope that you make it competitive to some extent, but I also hope that I get enough of a lead where it won't matter. Well, this was rigged against me because I'm not the prediction guy. You, you could be. I could be, but I don't, I don't want to be. I just... It just means I use my brain more and think about things more than you do, and that's okay. That's okay, Kevin. We are different. I mean, out of the two You're... of us, who has read books recently? You are emotional and better looking, and all right, you can. I'm all right, all right, you smarter. can have this one. You can have that one. All right, all right. <laughs> Did I win that yeah, one? Yeah, you won. I'd rather be better looking. <laughs> well, with that, let's go over. The two episodes, we got Mandalorian episode 18, Minds of Mandalore, and then we got Bad Batch episode 12, The Outpost. Yep. So, uh, Kevin, which one do you want to talk about first? I don't know which order you watched them in. I think I watched Mandalorian and then Bad Batch. Oh, yeah, I think that it will always be Mando and then Bad Batch. You can't wait yeah, on Mando. Think, yeah, Mando's been... it. It's, although... After this episode of Bad Batch, I'm kind of left 
sitting on the edge of my seat a little. Yeah, that was, was cool. Crosshair. We like, finally got more crosshair. Oh my gosh. Not only did we get more crosshair, but we got like badass crosshair who's not putting up with Imperial crap anymore. Yeah, I think it might be proving my thought wrong because I had I had originally thought that he was gone, like he was never going to rejoin the, the group or look for them. And I'm starting to think that that might not be the case. I don't know if he's going to rejoin the group, but I think there is going to be some interaction between him and them teaming up together. Well, did uh, you notice that he said they were dead? No, he didn't. He said they were gone. What do you, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I'm reaching here, but I think that that means dead. No. I think he's implying the fact that I think without saying that he knows they're not dead, he's he's trying to communicate honestly to Mayday that they are no longer in his life. I don't know if I agree with that. Man, when he says they're gone. It's not a, to me, the way I looked at that scene, it was not a, they're dead, or dead to me even. It was a, they're no longer around here. I, I don't know. I, I could see it as a metaphorical, like, there's nothing to be salvaged there. But I don't know. I, I, I didn't take it that way at all. I, I saw it as him protecting them. I don't think he thinks they're dead. I don't I don't think Crosshair doesn't think they're dead. Then what were you saying? Why did you say they're dead? He was saying that to protect them. So that like oh, oh, not gotcha. another person no, knows. I, I still think they're gonna team up. I think they're gonna end up rescuing him one way or another. Yeah, and maybe they go their separate ways after and like yeah, Crosshair that's what rides thinking. off into the sunset. I see what you're saying. But yeah, great great episode of Bad Batch, some fantastic quotes. Um like Commander Mayday is now my new favorite clone commander, and I'm really bummed out that we only got one episode of him. <laughs> not yeah. only not only does he have this magnificently long scraggly beard, but he's also kind of a badass himself. Like he, when, when Nolan and his crew show up with crosshair, he's not putting up with any crap or lip from Nolan, even though Nolan, I guess, technically outranks him. You know, it's kind of like, it's like a West point officer in the army going out onto the field on his first day and trying to tell, you know, this battle hardened Sergeant, you know, what to do. And the sergeant's been out on the field in deployment for years. You know, that just, that's not very smart. Doesn't matter what your rank is. Now, granted, no one doesn't care. You know, we know when he comes up to the shuttle, man, no one's a prick. He is, like, my new least favorite empirical officer. Imperial, whatever. Imperial. Yeah, not empirical. That's different. Um... He's my he's my least favorite Imperial officer. You know, when he comes up to the shuttle and he goes, Ugh, clones. And Crosshair's like, What? And he's like, Oh, I just don't like used equipment. I'm like, Brutal. dude, you gotta be kidding me. Brutal. I hope this guy like I remember seeing that and I said, I hope this guy dies. Like I hope this guy gets shot. 
And then I lost my crap when Crosshair ends up shooting him. Like, I jumped up off my seat. I was cheering. I was just, <laughs> I was so happy that Crosshair said, enough. We're not, this is not happening anymore. Yep. I'm not putting up with it. He snapped. We, we finally got the snap. Yep. It's about time. Yeah. So, and now he's, of course, sitting on that, in that base. I forget where it is, but the cloning facility base, whatever, prison. Right. Where Nalase and um, the other Kaminoan are. I'm surprised uh, they didn't just shoot him on the spot. I'm not. They've got use for him. I don't know what it is yet. But because he's genetically modified from even just regular clones, and we know they're trying to do stuff with at least the Zillow Beast, I think they have some use for for his genetic makeup. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I don't we'll think see. it has anything to do with his uh, his shooting ability or anything like that. But I think they're they're they need to use him either to study or they may be using him as bait for the Bad Batch. Since, you know, Scorch has now been tasked with retrieving Omega, I, I, I wonder if they're going to leak it out that he's being held there and that's going to try and draw the Bad Batch out. Yeah, I could see so, that. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. The next, the next couple episodes, I know, are just going to be absolutely fin- fantastic. I have no doubt about it. I think the next episode, they're going to deal with Sid and resolve whatever's the loose ends there. And then I think the episode's going to end with them somehow finding out either Omega gets kidnapped at the end of the next episode. I haven't even looked at the title, so I, I could be way off. You know, I don't know what the title says. But I think either Omega gets kidnapped at the end and brought back to where Crosshair is being held, or information about Crosshair being held captive gets leaked out to the Bad Batch, and that draws them out. But either way, I think they tie up loose ends with Sid next episode and then move on to, you know, getting Crosshair out or Crosshair and Omega. Yeah, I could see it all. I could see all that. I mean, I said it last week that I I don't think there's going to be any episodes that aren't very impactful. No more filler. Yeah, no. Nope. No more of that F word content that some people like to use. Yeah. Makes me want to smack them. (laughs) But no, I mean it was, it was a good. great episode. Yeah. Like I said, Mayday Mayday was awesome. And we kinda I don't know if you saw, but like the way they had the helmets lined up when his men would die over time very much was sombering to me because it reminded me of the finale of season seven of Clone War or see, was it season seven of Clone Wars? With Ahsoka? Yeah, with Ahsoka. Yeah, that was like, it. You uh that was it's heartbreaking because you can see this is a guy who desperately cares about his men and, you know, leaves these tributes up there to remind him, you know, right. of, of their their sacrifice in the name of the Republic. And then to not, not only to see that, but to find out, you know, two-thirds of the way through the episode, that all they've been guarding is new armor and equipment for their replacements. I mean, holy cow, how pissed off would you be because i i i was angry for him at a certain point though when have they had their warnings like i don't think it's any secret to anybody who the empire is at this point 
But then again, it does seem like some of the clones are a bit naive to that. You know, they're it seems like they're questioning things, but I don't. They don't. I don't think they. I think some of them still think they're doing right by the galaxy. Right. Well, I I totally agree with that. I think it's part of the whole Palpatine bamboozle, you know. Yeah. Situation going on. I just, you know, for me, I I was angry for him. I know he was upset by that. But, you know, things like, and these should have been the first clues, you know, when he's asking for reinforcements, you know, after he loses men, and he's asking for, you know, just basic supplies so they can keep their equipment up up to date and in order like yep. none of those got approved so they're not getting any support and that should have been the red flag there are a couple of things that really should have been red flags to him and maybe they were but what else is he going to do look at all these other clone troopers and look at their mentality like we fight that's what we were created to do mm-hmm. it, what else are we going to do you know and it's very easy for me to say well there's a world of opportunities out there but, you know, realistically, when that's all you've known your whole life, and that's been literally what you were designed and created for, I get it. Sure. So, fantastic episode. Bummer that Mayday died, and no less that it was because Nolan didn't want to do anything. So, Crosshair blasting him was just... I just felt Satisfying, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's right. I, I was so satisfied with how that ended and i'm definitely excited to see the next episode um the one line (laughs) the one line that really got me was when they're walking through the cave to go find the scavengers that keep raiding them their their uh, base when he steps on the mine and mayday you know goes through tacking it in place and everything and then tells him to wait basically he said you're good to go but wait do it slowly i'll be around the corner and crosshair is like you're not confident in your work and he just simply says oh i'm confident but i'm not stupid (laughs) you know and it's like that's the kind of clone humor that i just uh, i love it i love it love it love it that's that's your typical war clone humor that we see through clone wars between you know different clones interacting with each other and you know stuff like that was just it felt very Clone Warsy to me. Well and done, so I episode. Loved it. Very, very good, um, and very excited for what's to come. And then, of course, the the Holy Grail, my my favorite episode of Mandalorian to date. Really? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I think it's going to change again next episode, um, if if my predictions are correct. But I I have to say this has to be. Probably, it, maybe let me take that back. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Prisoner it's of the definitely, moment. It's definitely top three sure. favorite episodes. Yeah, in a lot of I, ways, I will, it's the one that we've been waiting for. Yes. Yes, it is. We get into so much of the lore, and we're starting to learn so much more about post-Imperial you know, Imperial raid, the planet, what what's left. Um, and I'm really excited to see. But So we get to Mandalore. Um, what happens? Let's see. I know so before Boots that. Eve, yeah, ex- yeah. There you go. Yeah, Tatooine. Uh, he ends up getting 
R5, and I thought the Boon to Eve was kind of cool, because yeah. the last time I heard that, and now it may have been mentioned at some point in Clone Wars or something like that, but the last time we heard anything about Boon to Eve that I remember is Phantom Menace. Right. You know, because that's the, that's a pod racing race event that Anakin is, it's a Boon to Eve classic, I think is what it was called. Um, so he gets R5, because originally he goes there to try and get the chip for IG-11, and... They're like, no way. They're, you know, we're not going to be able to find it. Which I'm hopeful that they actually don't end up finding it. Same. And that IG-11 just stays where he's at. But So he ends up taking R5, and they go to Mandalore. Um, they land. We meet the Alamites at one point. It's a new species we haven't seen before. Um, I don't know how sentient they are, but... They know how to use tools, obviously, because they got these giant club-looking things right. that they're swinging. Um, we see. I, I'm really interested to see what that one-eyed mechanical creature was. I thought it was so cool. Like, the sound it was, it was, that was a cool thing. To me, and I talked a little bit to one of our friends about this. Um, I think the bigger machine, because you know he's got his little like humanoid machine that he uses but then the he's got a bigger machine that he crawls into right i w- i would love to see it's not on my sh- b- mando bingo sheet so i've got no dog in this fight but i would love to see that be uh, a refitted or repurposed basilisk war droid from the old republic because hmm. it kind of has that shape and size that we see in the old republic so I would really, really, really love to see or find out that's what it was at some point. I don't know that we ever will. And I, the other thing is I don't know if that creature is actually dead or not. Because, you know, we saw the first time Bo-Katan knocked the humanoid creature down, it, it detached itself from the body and crawled into the big thing. And the second time she chopped it down, but she cut behind the neck, which looked like it was behind where the little eyeball thing crawled in. And so, I don't know. I'd be interested to see. I know in his little lair, you know, we see piles and piles of Mandalorian helmets. So, I don't know what's going on there. If he's just trying to kill anything that, you know, decides to try and resurface or, you know, explore what's left of Mandalore. If that, you know, if there's some kind of goal behind capturing all this Beskar. I'm really fascinated by the eyeball creature. Yeah, me too. I like I thought he was very cool. But he was not the most fascinating creature we saw. Huh. Are you talking about the Jawas? I mean, they're kind of funny, but no. I'm not talking what about What could the you Jawas, be talking Kevin. about? Dude, we got a Mythosaur. Man. It finally we happened. Freaking, we got a freaking mythosaur. I am. I was so speechless when I saw that because you know you're panning up in the water, and the first thing you see is the tusk, that horn yeah. that protrudes from the side, and then it keeps going on, and I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna get my Mando square because at least we're seeing it live or dead. We're seeing a live action version of it. Sure. And then you see the eyeball come into focus <laughs> because of the light, and I'm like, oh my god. It's alive. So I'm freaking out. And uh, 
obviously we leave off. The last thing we see in the episode is Mando, Grogu, and, and Bo-Katan all sitting there on the beach with Bo-Katan essentially staring at the water. So I think, I very much think next episode is going to open up with the Mythosar coming up above the water. And to some extent, uh, Grogu is going to commune with it or settle it using the Force. Sure. Like he has with the other beasts throughout Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I agree with that. I am super, super stoked. And this episode for you also, you had complained or disliked last week how boring Bo-Katan was. And we had talked oh, yeah. about it she, a little bit. This was what you, herself. yeah, this is what you wanted. This is, this was your typical badass Bo-Katan that we've know we've we've come to know and love. Yeah, like she came and her swinging the dark saber. Something about it just felt right. She you know, was very clunky. comfortable. She's not, she's not struggling with it. She was extremely comfortable. And how badass yep. was it when she holds it up and she pulls out her little wrist shield and every? I'm like, yeah. That is her weapon of yep. choice. Like, Mando should have kept the Beskar staff and said, screw you, armor. I'm keeping this. That way I can deal with you when I'm done dealing with the, the water. Which, obviously, I know that he wouldn't do that. But he should have kept it because then at least he would have had something when he loses the Darksaber eventually. So you know, I, do you think the Mythosar is going to be Din's proof that he went and bathed in the living waters? You know, I didn't even think about that. He has but, to prove it uh, somehow. Yeah, he's going to – I can't imagine he's going to kill it. No, I think that he's just going to say that it that it's there. And if you don't believe me, go look for yourself. I don't know if he's going to say it's there. I just – I would have liked to see, you know, Grogu with a little, like, Polaroid snapshot, you know, vacation camera. Sitting in his little eggshell. Hey, how so about he him though? Like, Yo, I got it. We're, I mean, that oh, was dude, one of my complaints. Awesome. That was one of my complaints with him was that he's with Luke for two years and we don't see any of the, the benefits of it, and we got some of that in this episode. Yeah, we see all that hopping training that we saw in Book of Boba Fett. It is paying off now. When even his communication he is jumping all over the place. But yeah, that's true too. I mean, yeah, he is. I'm very excited to see how he continues to grow. A lot of people have been talking about whether or not we're going to see or hear, I should say his first words in this season, which would be cool. His jumps look a bit ridiculous. I mean, they, they look like, I think it's time to ditch the, uh, the robe thing that he's wearing. It it just looks like when he jumps that he just got thrown. Well, I think, I don't know. I I could see them going to a different, I, I still think he's gonna get his own set of armor. That's one of my season. that's one of my bingo squares is that he gets. I want to say armor. that's one of mine too. I could be wrong, but I think I put that one down. I think it's time. Like it, we've it, yeah. three seasons of him. The chain, the chainmail is kind of cool. All right, he's got his magic Mando mithril. Yeah. For any of you Lord of the Rings fans out there, you know what that is. But you know, I I don't know. I just I'm excited to see him get actual armor. Me too. So, and I think we will. I definitely think that's coming. A very good episode. Oh, man. So, 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 so good. And we found out, um, it was confirmed, that the pirates that we saw in the last episode of Mando are actually the main antagonists in Skeleton Crew. I don't know if you saw that or not. I did see that, and I'm very excited about it, because, like we talked about, I thought they were cool. 
Yeah, Salad the Hut is going to be fantastic. Oh my god. Against oh, you're hilarious. Jude Law's character. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had I I've heard so many different podcasters use Salad the Hut and other stuff like that <laughs> and I just thought, well, I feel like if we're going to stay in the mix with everyone, we got to you know, we got to say some of the same things. Oh, you you can do that stuff. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think what is his name? Grand Gord Shand or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I know I saw it on Twitter, but I don't remember what it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up in like a couple minutes and remember it. But um, yeah, so they're going to be the main antagonists. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited yeah. to see more. I, I really want to see, and I think a lot of people are in this boat, I really want to see Hondo at some point. That would be cool. I, we talked about that, and I definitely want I, I want live-action Hondo. But I think if he comes in anywhere... I think he's more likely to come in in the Ahsoka series. Yeah, I, I think he's the kind of character where you can realistically put him in because he, he's a pirate. He, you know, he he showed up randomly in Clone Wars and all that stuff. So I think that you can kind of put him wherever you want to put him. He's never going to be the yeah, main character. Yeah, I just – because the last, the last time we saw him was in Rebels when he was with, you know, Ezra and some of that gang. And so I think that's where we're – if we're going to see him in live action, we're going to see him tie it in with Sabine and Ahsoka I could see at it. some point. Yeah, I could see it. So that's my theory. But, yeah, super exciting. So we got a lot of cool Star Wars stuff coming out, man. Yeah. I am so excited for this next Wednesday. Um, again, sorry for the delay on this episode, guys. I promise we will figure out software. And like I said before, if you have any recommendations, send them our way. Specifically budget-friendly, but – you know, we can we can make do. Just let us know. Um, Kevin, do you have anything else you wanted to say? No, I agree with you. I'm really excited about the you know the two shows that we have right now. I'm excited about the direction that they seem to be going in. I'm excited about the books that I'm going to be reading. It's it's a very I feel like I say it every week, but it's a good time, and uh, I'm really glad that we're here doing this right now at this time. Absolutely. Well. We love you guys. We appreciate you tuning in to this episode. Give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you want us to talk about anything else or if you want to be a guest. We uh, Once we get our software figured out, we're going to hopefully get some guests coming on here and there. Yep. Um, so just reach out to us. Interact with us. Let us know you're there. We love you. We hope you love us. Um, that's about it. As always, may the Force be with you. And, and also remember, with you. <laughs> This is the way.